I feel if you come from a family that has gone through the trenches and you have really seen life handed to you, there are some things that you naturally want to protect. There are people who put their money under mattresses. There are people who keep their money in a safe. It's a mindset. And they've seen their parents do that. And a lot of our parents, a lot even your parents, I'm sure, have been in a position where they've seen, seen things go wrong. And so their natural instinct is, hey, we've got to protect ourselves. So let's be sure we are in control of this. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they've built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Stories That Sell. Today, I have an amazing uh, young lady, I would say that because I'm old, <laughs> uh, who I've gotten to know over the p- last few months. And um, she is a financial educator. And I'll tell you what, if anybody needs education, it is me and probably every single one of you at some uh, needs something because uh, we never arrive. Uh, today I have Brittany Ballard. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much, Scott. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited to have you here. You're so uh, full of joy and gleeful. <laughs> you make it easy. <laughs> I well, I I watch your social media, obviously, and just always a smile, always fun. You actually have a lot of fun in your posts, which I think is really cool. I do. I have I have a good life. I'll say that I'm very grateful. Okay. I, I feel like uh, the comment that you mentioned earlier about you know just being just being educated. You know, there's a lot of us out there that have never received education. And ultimately we know we're not being taught financial education in school. So where do we go to get that? You know, so one of the biggest things for me, you know, my parents were never, never talked to about saving money or securing their assets or, you know, protecting themselves and their futures. And so I went through a lot of things in life that allowed me to unfortunately prepare for those things and kind of learn the hard way. So my goal is to really just kind of get that education out there in a fun way, like you said, um, because finances sound boring and they can be boring. So um, we have to spice it up a little bit and put it in lay terms for people like, you know, myself when I was learning. So it's really a, a sought after and much needed type of type of concept um, or strategy that we we implement. So. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. VAs for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com 
and book an appointment to find out more. That's a a really interesting point. One, we aren't taught this stuff in school, and it drives me crazy. I've had uh, conversations just recently on this podcast with uh, a couple that teaches people how to entrepreneurs how to do homeschool with their kids and Mm. they're like one of the biggest reasons is because there's no financial literacy being taught and you can get control of these things you can do it without doing homeschooling but it was one of those things and i'm like ding 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 there is nothing i mean i remember and i'm old mind you i remember going through school and i had to do this fake checkbook and i all i learned was how to balance a checkbook and mm-hmm. make deposits and write checks. That was it. <laughs> and it was a financial course. Right. Um, and then in college, there's nothing, of course. And if it is, I think a lot of people get misunderstand, like it's business finance, which is a completely different monster. So um, what about your job? I'm, I'm, I'm going to peel back a little bit before we get into nuts and bolts about financial educate being a financial educator. But why is it? Why does it make you happy? I mean, because you always appear happy. So what oh, about it makes you happy? I personally look at it and think to myself, what is there not to be happy about with it? I mean, other than, you know, unless you're closed minded to something, then obviously that's an unfortunate situation. But for me, had I not been open minded, I would have never received the help I had and wouldn't have been able to receive the resources that I have that I didn't realize were completely cost free. You know, so there's some really cool things out there that are not necessarily required for, you know, some form of payment is not required. So um, I I look at it. I came from a background in dental hygiene. I I was a dental hygienist for eight years and, you know, I never didn't like my job. I loved what I did. I worked at a different dental office every single day as a self-employed hygienist. Um, I met tons of people. I had the opportunity to see some of those faces again. Um, if I just happened to be at the office on a certain day. So, um, it was exciting to me to be able to bring someone in and just assure them, you know, Hey, you're in good hands. I know your dental hygienist is not here today. Um, but you know, I will take care of you, get to know them in a very short amount of time and then get the job done. And so when I transferred and decided, you know, fully transitioned and decided to move into financial education, which is completely different, it seems, um, I found there were a lot of similarities. And so I felt on a, on a finance standpoint, I was able to make a much bigger difference. Whereas, you know, I'm cleaning someone's teeth, taking x-rays, helping diagnose certain things, um, assisting with that. But um, I felt every six months they come back, every three, four months they come back and, you know, we're doing the job again. Whereas with finance, you know, I get to meet new people all the time, thanks to Zoom. Um, I get to meet people all over the world, Puerto Rico, Canada, the U.S. We are areas that we get to service. And um, seeing these people, recognizing the conditions that they're in, and then allowing them, you know, for lack of better terms, providing them a treatment plan and saying, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, here is where, here's where you have some things going really well for you. Here's some things that we think would complement what you're doing. Um, how do we organize this portfolio to best benefit you? And so if that client walks away better than I found them, that's the goal. And that makes me feel good. I feel like I've done my part, at least educating them, teaching them something they didn't know before. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, there's what's not to love about that. You're, you're just positively impacting people. And for yeah. me, I personally believe, you know, with every interaction that I have, that I, my job is to leave someone better than I found them. And if I constantly practice that, I think I win. 
So I want them to win, obviously, too. But <laughs> so that's the beauty in it. Winning is fun. Losing Winning sucks. is so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you were at, uh, there was a mastermind, big mastermind, million dollar mastermind last year. And Ed Milet talked about, you know, I don't remember, but when, you know, just like it's time to win. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time to win and helping people win is very, very, um, I don't know. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Let's rewind a little bit because, you know, something stuck with me is like, okay, you were a hygienist and you kind of had a, you know, from the outsider point of view, a pretty awesome gig. You're traveling around, you're in a new place. I mean, some people might hate it. I would think that was awesome. You're in a new yeah. place every day. What in the world made you go from, I'm going to be a hygienist to now I'm going to go into financial education? That's a really good question. I often sit and think like, how did I get here? How, how did I, this is amazing. So, um, you know, the perks of being a dental hygienist, there's a lot of them. Uh, you, you work banker's hours, you know, you're never going to be called into work and I want a family at some point. So, uh, for two years of school, you know, I could have whatever schedule I desired to have, um, have the freedom and flexibility and also a good wage. You know, we made an average at the, you know, at the time of about $55 an hour. Um, and that's, that's pretty good for an average salary. If you compare that to the overall, you know, economic status of most people with a two-year degree. And so um, as I was trudging through this, I went to school, I paid for everything myself. I had a lot of student loan debt. I had racked up credit cards, just being that broke college kid, you know, and, and not really having that financial support or someone that I could lean on, uh, which was not a necessarily a negative thing. But, um, you know, my, my parents hadn't said anything up for college. Um, they were doing well enough themselves, you know, to, to get through life themselves. And so yeah. they wanted me to go to college for sure. They pushed me in that direction and said, yeah, that's what you need to do. Do better than we've done because neither of them went to college. And so um, that was that was one of the big things. So I get out of school. I think I'm going to live this big, big, great lifestyle. And still I'm stuck with debt. And it all was because. I, I, when I had the money, I didn't know necessarily how to manage it. I could, I was a budget queen. I could budget my bills. I could deduct, do math and, you know, addition and subtraction all day. Um, but ultimately I wasn't managing the money well. And so I thought to myself, if I feel like I'm pretty educated and intelligent and I'm out here doing what I'm doing, how many people out here are doing the same? And if I don't make a change in my personal lifestyle, um, I will be working the rest of my life involuntarily. And what happens if health doesn't work my way? What happens if something comes up and I physically cannot work? Who is going to take care of me? And so that that's where the my brain just kind of took a turn and thought, man, I know that with the help that I've received financially, that there's so many people out there who are probably in the same boat I'm in, if not worse. And so I need to make sure that I'm the one that delivers this message and just kind of pay it forward, honestly. And so I started very, very part-time, um, just helping, you know, friends and family and people that, you know, I knew in passing, and then they knew people and they knew people and they knew people. So it, it really got to a point where it was like, I feel really passionate about what I'm doing because I know that not only am I helping this person, I'm helping generations to come that I've never met before. Whereas if I'm sitting in this dental chair, not to discount by any means what dental hygienists do, obviously I was one and I loved it, um, but the sustainability factor for your body and, and the things that you put your body through as a dental hygienist, most people are not going to last 30 years in that career. 
And I had to think long-term, what do I want out of life? So that's kind of what got me there is, hey, an opportunity is knocking. I would be a fool to say no to that. So that's that's what brought me here. I love that. Just seeing the the potential, seeing how you could make a difference, and then seeing the opportunity. Okay, strike, go. Did you <laughs> grow up making changes in your plans? Because, you know, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Like career shifts aren't as... They're common, but they're not as like, that's a big career shift. Did it make your parents uneasy? Um, and then I have follow-up questions after that. <laughs> yeah. So the way that I went about it was pretty beautiful. The, the firm that I work with, Wealthwave, we actually base the opportunity on a part-time stance. So you don't necessarily have to quit your job and leave it behind and start fresh. So mm-hmm. I was able to start very part-time, maybe 10 hours a week. And then as I built clientele, as I was bringing in a commission to support that time that I was taking away from dental hygiene, because I could make my own schedule as a hygienist, I traveled on my own as a self-employed person, I was able to cut out a day and replace that with Wealthwave and just make sure that my schedule was intentional. And then I didn't feel any kind of gap in income because that was important. I was living paycheck to paycheck. Unfortunately, as embarrassing as that sounds at $55 an hour, it's like, Hey, you know, we have, we have an opportunity here and either I, I continue in what I'm doing or I make a change. There's really no way around it. So, um, I felt like it was almost a no brainer to take those, those, that path and just kind of transition slowly. Then when COVID hit, um, I was without a job for three months. We didn't know how long that would last. So it was beautiful. It was perfect that I was able to just jump in full-time at that point, knowing what I was teaching people and being self-sufficient at that point, I could just kind of, you know, take, take the road less traveled and and take advantage of that opportunity. How amazing is that, that you had already stepped into like, here's a new skill set that I can do. And then something unknown occurs. There's no way it could have been predicted by you. This is happening. How do I pivot? I think this is a real testament to, like never kind of like closing your mind to what you're doing, always be ready to pivot and always have, I'm not saying always build a side gig. I'm saying like that have plans in place. Right. And so that worked out amazing. That's super exciting. You put yourself through college. Did you get any kickback? And I asked this for personal reasons because I did, because I have a master's degree in education and I'm not teaching. Well, I'm teaching a different way, but did you get, have you gotten any kickback from anybody? Like you went to school, you paid all this money to do this and now you're doing this. Has that been a conversation at all? You know, it's funny you ask that. I don't think that anyone has ever asked me that besides other hygienists. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're like, well, why would you leave what we do? We make good money. We da, 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 da. And I'm like, really, you don't, you know, I mean, you're, you're being paid to work within confined four walls that someone else tells you what to do. And at the end of the day, I would love to be my own boss. I would love to determine what my value is worth, what my time is worth, what flexibility I'm able to have without asking someone, can I do this? Can I do that? I would like to take a vacation with so-and-so it's honestly none of their business. So to me, I thought, you know, this is why. And so you look at it from a standpoint, it makes people curious. It makes hygienists curious. Why would you go from this to this? And then they realize, you know, once they ask and we get into the details, wow, it is a really profitable business. You know, it is, is financial firm, financial services is the highest paying career. It's also the lowest paying career because it's commission-based, 
you know, so. <laughs> right. Well, you, you really are paid on your ability to help other people win. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all these people, you know, there's, there are people who say, well, you shouldn't be profit. I'm like, wait, that's, um, that's the way our, that we caught the way we operate. Right. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Now you said, you know, you obviously, it sounds to me like you were always kind of a little internally driven to kind of be more of that. I don't know if it's entrepreneur, but more of that. I'm my own boss type of person. There's people who like, just absolutely thrive in going to that nine to five or being in those four walls and anything outside of that is incredibly dis uncomfortable to them. That's where I think I saw the most kickback was people like, why would you ever choose to not know what you're going to get paid every month? Because there's no ceiling on that. And I'm much more driven than just doing what someone else is telling me to do. It's just not in my nature. So I think one of the things we have to realize is that part of our job is, um, uh, we thrive in helping other people. Right. We also thrive on having like the, the control of the ship, like That's that right. utter it's going where I'm pointing it. So, That's right. yeah. And um, yeah, go ahead. You have to be, and before I wasn't necessarily an employee, so I still had to find my own jobs. So I was on Facebook. We have dental hygiene pages. You know, I had tons of people that would reach out after someone referred me. I was selling myself. I was essentially going to an office, taking care of their patients, proving to them that I was worth their time. And I was actually an asset to their, their office. And so in that sense, you know, it was easy to take that transition because I wasn't necessarily a nine to five. I technically was because I was on their eight to five schedule of a dental office. But at the end of the day, if I didn't go get that job, I didn't have a job. So I had to figure out you know, what my schedule is going to look like. Could I afford to take a day off? Did I need to work six days a week? What was it? And so it was easy to kind of think in that hunger mindset of, I have to do this. I have to do this. And no one's going to do it for me. So it's, it's a little bit different than just your employee situation, which I honestly feel has prepared me. I feel yeah. every step of the way, all the failure, all of the wins, all the tears, all the, you know, hard work, all of it has prepared me, I feel, to be where I am today, to be able to meet someone, get to know them in a very short amount of time, earn their trust, do the job, and really just make them feel good, make them feel like they're being taken care of and lead with a servant heart. You have to, you have, to have a servant heart in any business in order to win, in my opinion. You, you, know, just, gave, yeah, you, you just gave me two ticket, two key aspects of being successful that I have identified. One, serve others, just serve. Like sometimes it's going to be a loss of time. Sometimes you might even lose money, but just serve other people. And number two, uh, wow, I forgot it. <laughs> that was like so good. But, but I think, um, God, shoot. You'll think of it in 10 minutes. I'll get, I'll come back to it. It was so good. It was so good. And I'm like, now I can't even come up with it, but literally it's just serving other people leads you to such amazing things. And so let's get a little more into the weeds about like really what you do. First of all, like, who do you serve? Is it just anybody, Tom, Dick, Harry? Is it somebody at a certain financial point in their life or age? Let's, let's just clarify that part. Absolutely. Uh, we believe there's a mission that, that Wealthwave, my company has, and it's no family left behind. 
And so we do help some high net worth clientele. Absolutely. Uh, we have a lot of accounts that are exclusive to our brokerage because we're one of the leading brokerage firms in the, in the world. And so what's really neat about it is I also have come from scratching nickels. So I feel like it's, while it's easier, it's, it's usually more pleasant to help someone who is well off in a sense of they're not really concerned about this or that, Hey, take this, put it here. Um, because they have other disposable income, it's more rewarding to help someone who was in my shoes of, hey, I need help really getting off my off the position that I'm in, on my feet, and I need to make better decisions moving forward to gain wealth. And so I accept anyone and everyone. I should probably narrow that audience. Um, but you know, I work with a lot of business owners. Um, mm-hmm. I help them with um with things that will advise them to minimize their taxation. You know, they're always looking for opportunities for that. Um, I also work with individuals or families who just need assistance in setting up a college fund, or maybe they need some life insurance. Maybe they need to just grow their money. They know it's not serving them in a bank account. So how do they grow it? Um, There's a lot of people out there who don't necessarily want to play in the market. There's a lot of market vehicles. There's a lot outside of the market that people don't realize. And so Um, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's not a one size fits all. Um, but ultimately, you know, everybody kind of has their methodologies again, whatever makes sense mathematically is what is most important. You just bucked the system a little bit, which I really enjoy. Um, and you said, Hey, maybe their money in the bank isn't serving them and maybe they aren't interested in the market because I think most people, most regular people haven't been exposed to this kind of thinking or like, okay, I put, I got to get all my money into savings and then I can invest it in the market. And I think those are, it's it's just kind of been what's touted for so long. I'm 100%, like 180 degrees on the other side. I'm like, those are what I'm staying personally. Those are what I'm staying away from. So let's go ahead and dive down that road just a little bit because there are so many ways to leverage your money so much greater then putting it at a one or whatever percentage a savings account might be, even if it's 3%, come on folks, 3%. And then the volatility or the uncertainness of the marketplace, the stock market where like, look, if you're going for a really long game, maybe it's good. But if you want to be aggressive, then there's massive risks involved. So let's talk about these things. Absolutely. So there's many people that, you know, they believe there's either the stock market or the bank account where you get safety. Um, there's actually something that is the combination of both um, that allows for guarantees. There's a staple account that we help with, that we assist with, um, that allows you to lock in the gains of the market, not necessarily gamble with the money, but ultimately leverage the the funds that you put in to be your own bank. So when you do pull money out, you have um, a way to avoid paying interest um, at the same expense as what a bank would cost you but ultimately allow that money to, to sit and grow and accumulate with a monthly crediting every month based on, based on how the market performs, but your money is not in the market. So there's a lot of products. There's a lot of accounts out there that allow you to have the best of both worlds or whatever it is that is fit for your risk tolerance. And that's what our goal is to do is to sit down and say, hey, what is important to you? Is it liquidity? Is it access to the money? Is it leaving an inheritance? Is it just a death benefit or living benefits? Is it a matter of, hey, I need the money in six months to to purchase a real estate property? Um, What are you utilizing the funds for? And and how long do we have? Is it a five or 10 year plan? 
Is it something you need? Like I said, in six months, there's so many different options out there and it's constantly evolving, which is why I always say, if you haven't had something looked at at least once a year, at least, um, then I encourage you to reach out to your advisor or reach out to someone who is in that field that can take a look at it and give you an opinion. Because just like cell phones, technology, you know, laptops these days become obsolete the next year. And so same thing with financial education, you know, things aren't necessarily changing that quickly, but um, you leave your money into something with a mindset of, hey, it's a long-term 20-year thing. Um, and you're leaving opportunity on the table if you're not shopping to see what actually is out there and could serve you better. So, yeah, there's a lot there. I think um, you, you talked about risk, risk aversion, which I think is a really important thing for somebody who's serving others. Like, what is your risk aversion? What is your what is your mindset on risk and then serving? So, is that's how do you get to the place where you're really understanding somebody's ri- like risk aversion, or I don't know if you'd call it like their, their risk tolerance. Um, yeah, risk tolerance. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I actually take my clients through a process of three steps. The first is strictly education. I don't ask anything about their personal business at all. I just simply want to teach. Um, I want them to interact. I want them to understand the concepts that I'm teaching. So I make sure that they're really, you know, understanding And then the second part is just gathering some information. I can't possibly make a recommendation if I don't know what is in your house already. If you're, you know, someone who has tons of money sitting in a place that is not growing um, and I advise you put the remainder of your money in some place that is risky, um, then that's probably not in your best interest. So there's, there's things you just, you can't leave holes in this. And so I've got to be able to justify to to the government why I've recommended this in fiduciary responsibility. So um, I ask questions and, and I use a little story, honestly. And I'm like, hey, if we were to go to Vegas and we packed up a ton of money, let's say you earned a million dollars over your lifetime. You pack up that million dollars, you put it in a duffel bag and you go play Russian roulette. You put all your cards or all your coins on on black and the dealer rolls red. They reach across the table and I do this. They swipe it away from you. How do you feel? And most people are like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Some some people are like, it's just money. It'll come back, you know? So you, you look at that mindset and you ask those questions of, hey, you know, what is the lifestyle that you want to live in retirement? How much do you want to be earning in passive income in retirement? How do we find out your financial independence number, your FIN number? What is your FIN number and how do we get to that number? If we want to risk some, you know, then we have to look at it from a strategic standpoint and say, look, this is the reality. You've got very little here. You have very little here. In order to bridge this gap, we're going to have to move some things around and reposition and in order to complement what you're what you're looking for. Uh, we can't just willy nilly, you know, throw money here and there and just cross our fingers and hope it yields a return. So it's really pretty easy. People will tell you, I'll, I'll show them dip, uh, graphs of different types of accounts and they'll automatically identify. That's what the one I'm most interested in. Or I already have some of these. I want more of these, whatever it might be. So then we get into the details of what each account entails on the third call. Um, sometimes it's a two or three step process. So sometimes we'll do it in two steps, sometimes three. But I don't like to rush the, the process because it is a really important decision. And it's a lot of information that is being thrown at them that they've never heard of. 
And so in most cases, and so, um, if they've heard of it, they may have heard of the term 401k, but if I ask them how it works, they don't know how it works and neither did I. So that was something that, you know, that I needed to learn. And there's just a lot of, of details that aren't necessarily explained to us that have to be gone through so that you understand why I'm making the recommendation I'm making. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So it's, it's definitely catered or, or created specifically for the person's risk tolerance, uh, probably their cash flow or their income earnings, their base budget, all of those things. Um, do, what is the biggest thing that keeps people from really stepping into this? It's the biggest fear or barrier. I think it's mindset. I think, you know, for years and years, it's a learned behavior in my opinion. I feel if you come from a family that has gone through the trenches and you have really seen life handed to you, there are some things that you naturally want to protect. There are people who put their money under mattresses. There are people who keep their money in a safe. It's a mindset. And they've seen their parents do that. And a lot of our parents, a lot even your parents, I'm sure, have been in a position where they've seen, seen things go wrong. And so their natural instinct is, hey, we've got to protect ourselves. So let's be sure we are in control of this. And so there's a lot of, lot of misconception that, um, that maybe if you put your money with someone else, that they don't have control over it. And they, I think that people would be really interested in learning how these accounts actually work and who really owns the account and how it would turn out, how it would look if something really did hit the fan. Because there's, I mean, you are still the owner of your money regardless of what company you're with. Now there's better companies than others, some that I would trust and some that I would not, um, which is why I work with the top 315 companies, 100%, top 315 A or A plus rated, no one else. So um, it allows me to shop those companies and see who will truly serve you in the best manner of whatever you might be looking for. So I think it is a mindset. I really do believe that if you were taught, you know, hey, we've got to put bread and food on the table, you know, bread and butter, whatever it might be on the table. And this is what we've got. And this is what we're going to, to garnish. We're going to keep this here with us. And we're going to work every day to pay everything in cash. And, you know, just all the, the lack of education that surrounds us. We look at our parents as staples for setting an example. And our parents often are mis- miseducated or uneducated. And so that was, that's a big deal. You don't ever want to really think of that if your parents because you idolize them. But the reality is I've had clients come to me and say, look, you know, I realize, and in her words, I realize how big of a fool my dad is. And I respected him so much and I still do. He's a wonderful father, but I realize how little he knows about finances. And now I want you to speak to him. So mm-hmm. it's really, it's really a pretty cool, like it's very rewarding, very rewarding career. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you, you brought up the, um, finding the the best companies for you. And I think that's another thing people need to understand is that you are almost like a professional matchmaker. Like, let me look into what it is that you need. And I'm going to handpick based on my knowledge and the fact that we only work with A plus rated companies 
the best fits for you. So, I mean, 300 and some, that's a lot of services to pick from. It is. And each of those companies has hundreds of accounts, you know, so it's really pretty neat, the software that we are able to utilize. And again, we've got some exclusive things that are specific to our brokerage that Charles Schwab, Chase Private Client, you know, Merrill Lynch, all these other companies don't necessarily have access to. So it's really, really an amazing venture. And that's why I'm here with Wealthwave, with this firm, because there's no other that really does allow. I know, Scott, you resonate with this. So I want to mention this. To me, it is most important to provide quality. The commission is a bonus. Being able to serve other people is is great. But to me, if I am able to help someone and someone comes up behind me and they can beat what I have, I don't feel good about that. So I'm, it's important to me to utilize a, a platform of resources that are top notch, that if I'm putting my money in it, I want it to be the best. I'm not going to recommend second or third best to somebody that doesn't make sense. I get paid the same, regardless of what company we work with. So to me, it's, it's just important to provide that quality and have integrity about the accounts that you're in, but also the way that you work with people. And that's number one. I've treat my people like I would want to be treated. And I think that that's respected and usually reciprocated. So, yeah, it's it's the difference between a long game. I think if anybody's skeptical, it's it's not this person is out just to get a dollar. No, if they're smart, they're out to create an incredible experience and help everybody win because then they can do it over and over again. That's this exactly. is not a short game by any means. So I really appreciate that about you. Um, like, <clears throat> let's pivot a little bit. I uh, this this has been awesome, but to be kind of in charge, hundred percent commission based, you know, is what I'm assuming you are. I think you might have said that. Um, that's a scary position. Let's talk about some of the mindset things. Like, let's let's step back and go real real. Like, what kind of man- mindset work do you do to get yourself to have been able to step into like this role of? It's a little risky. Yeah. What isn't, right? It's risky to go to a nine to five every day and not know if you're going to be fired tomorrow. Um, You're totally- probably riskier. (laughs) Yeah, you're totally disposable. Um, You are one day of value and then the next you're not. So if I can wake up every day and know, hey, I'm of value and what I provide is a service to someone who will change their lives, it's my duty to get out there and, and really make sure that people know and are aware of what's going on so they can fully utilize whatever it might be. Maybe they don't utilize anything. Maybe they just need to te- learn some of the things that I teach and then in their everyday implement those things. So mindset wise, I just gave a speech about this actually. Um, I Every morning I wake up with a song. There's a song that just motivates the mess out of me um, and it's called Motivation by uh, Spiritual Tony. And it's just, it's an R&B song, but it's like really upbeat and all of the lyrics are very motivational. And so um, I'll have to share that with you after this, but I listen to that. It's about two minutes. And then I get up in the morning and I read affirmations. I am what I hope to be as if I'm in the present. Um, I read that and then I I go to the gym. I stretch and then I go to the gym and I start my day. um, Usually my workout is at 530 in the morning. So I've been doing that and that's only within the last six months. But when I first began, 
I think I was just a sponge because, you know, I was still trying to get out of dental hygiene and transition. Once I jumped in and in COVID, um, it really did become a mindset thing. And knowing that you can control the controllables and nothing else, all I can do is control what I'm doing in my activity. I can't control anyone else's behavior, anyone else's opinions, anyone else's anything. So if I can get up every day and shoot for the stars of whatever I have in mind to really lead and serve others, I feel like that's going to be paid back to me tenfold. Now we, we're human. We all have our days. We don't feel like it. Right. So to me, I, I save a lot of quotes on my phone and I scroll through them a lot because that inspires me to not believe the BS that I tell myself at times. Uh, but mindset is definitely the number one, number one thing that you have to harness as an entrepreneur, because what you tell your brain is the truth, what you believe is true. And so you have to be able to tell yourself positive things and have positive self-talk in order to remain in a positive atmosphere. So that's good. I, I wake up so many mornings. If I were to leave my day to the mess that I wake up in, <laughs> I, it would not be good. Uh, there's something that just happens in the subconscious through the night for me. I'll wake up and, you know, depending on my evening routine and the day before, whether I can fall asleep quickly again or not, but those are not good things to leave a chance. I think more people need to have that, you know, for me, uh, it's, it's a worship song in the morning. It's daily affirmations. Um, I read my Bible. I do a, a gratitude practice. Like these are like things like if I don't do these, I'm a mess, but it sounds like you've set yourself up for success. And that's really, you know, what I've seen as a differentiator from people who are making their own way and doing a good job. And those who are just kind of getting day by day is they're letting the day control them. Um, and I have a saying, it's like, either you command the day or the day commands you. I've been saying yeah. that for about three years. And for me, it is so true. The very second my eyes open, there's intentional things I'm doing to switch the railroad tracks. You know, there's two paths you can go on. I'm like pulling that lever really hard to move the tracks to the good do good side, right? It sounds that like you've done funny. that as well. <laughs> right. What's that? This morning, I was like not feeling my workout. I did not want to get up. I did not want to go. And I thought, look, if I can't do it at 530, I can't do it again because I'm booked the rest of the day. So I can't lay my head on the pillow and say I didn't go work out. And when am I going to squeeze it in again? I just have to get up and do it. Right. So right. You're right. And it's funny you say commander day or your day will command you because I just shared that on Facebook in my in my brokerage page the other day. And you have to be intentional with everything you want in life. You have to be intentional. You must plan it. Um, you don't necessarily have to do every step of the way, but it, you must have something written down, not just thought of. You have to speak it, write it, do it. Um, but generally, they say 80%, you're 80% more likely to allow that goal to come to fruition if you've written it down. And so that's a really big key thing with the affirmations and, and things of that mm -hmm. nature. So it's really cool that we have that in common, that we're both doing that. Yeah. I would think most entrepreneurs who are in this for the long game have figured this out or are on their way to figuring it out because oh, we're, yeah, <laughs> our, our success is reliant on our own mood where right. the boss, the boss is dictating the mood and we are the boss. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so you are in Dallas. Do you serve people all over? Oh, you did. You said you serve Canada, Puerto Rico, North America. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's awesome. Um, your connections will be in the show notes, but tell people really where they need to find Brittany Ballard. So I am on Facebook as Brittany Ballard. I am um, tagged as a financial educator out of Dallas. Um, I'm on Instagram. I hardly use Instagram, honestly. Um, it is Ballard underscore Brittany. Um, and really my websites are uh, www.howmoneyworks.com slash Brittany Ballard. It's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Um, and then I also have a website that is wealthwave.com slash Brittany Ballard. So awesome. um, there's there's several places that you can learn about what I do, uh, how I serve, and and what it is that I can provide if anyone is interested in looking into that. That's where you could go to get that. Awesome. We'll make sure we have all that stuff in the show notes. Brittany, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. You are a wealth of knowledge and more people need to have some financial literacy above where they're at right now, for sure. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. For listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week. 